USC's defensive effort against Oregon. Good? Bad? Better? You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching this show on YouTube or wherever you're going to download your podcast, this show is free. I appreciate your support. Do me a favor. Show your appreciation. It means a lot. If you're watching on YouTube, become a subscriber. It's quick. It's easy. It's free. Click the red subscribe button. When you see the thumbs up, hit it. Smash it. And don't forget to hit the bell bell notification button. That way you do not miss one episode, Monday through Friday or any post-game reaction. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com forward slash locked on college. Terms and conditions are going to apply. Who else hates that backseat driver? You know, that person riding shotgun who keeps saying, I told you. Or next time, listen to what I have to say. You know what? I'd hate me too. Because I'm usually right more than I'm wrong. And I'm usually that guy in shotgun when I'm not driving. Yeah. I can be that guy. If you watch the show, you know I'm that guy. <laughs> Most everyone, I think, will agree that Lincoln Riley should have made his personnel adjustment after the Cotton Bowl last year. Or Earlier this year in January, that's when he should have changed defense coordinators. And I think it probably would have saved both him and Alex Grinch a lot of anguish. Um, And let's look at it from this perspective. I think it might have actually, it would have helped Alex Grinch's career. Instead of him having to go through this a second time with USC, big media spotlight, Knowing that you know USC was anticipated to make the playoffs, yada yada, all the things that were ahead of USC at the beginning of the year, had he not gone through what he went through this year, I would imagine his job prospects would be a little bit brighter than not having the absolute worst defense this country has ever seen. We'll see what happens. Good luck to him. Um, but again, I, I think. Lincoln Riley would probably say, yeah, you know what? I I probably should have done it then. And I'll say this. Had USC, had Lincoln Riley made the change after the Notre Dame game, I think USC's defense would be better. I'll show you why. I'll tell you why here in a second. I Actually, against Oregon, I thought USC's defense, despite giving up 500-plus yards, and four throwing touchdowns. Uh, I thought they actually played one of their, and I'm using the finger quotes, better games of the year. Now, did they get any sacks on Bo Nix? No. Uh, But no one has this year, really. Did they create a turnover? Well, they didn't didn't recover any turnover. So yes, they, they, they did. They created a couple, actually. And that's just one of the differences between this year's defense and 2022. They're unlucky. The ball is not bouncing to them. 
not nearly as much as it did last year. Uh, did USC's cornerbacks against Oregon or their safety, did the secondary look better? Not necessarily. In fact, um, those first two offensive series for Oregon, if you played on in USC secondary, you should be embarrassed. That was just hard to watch. And they'll agree. Bo Nix threw for 412 yards against USC. Now, according to Pro Football Focus, 305 of those yards came after the catch. Let that sink in. Here's where I thought USC's defense was better. They were much better up front. And you're saying, well, what are you basing that on? They didn't get any sacks. They didn't really create that much pressure on Bo Nix. Sure, you're right. However, they kept a really good running team uh, below their average, well below. In fact, when you have to carry the ball 31 times to get 140, what, 141 net yards rushing, that's a hard day's work. So let's let's give a little bit of credit to saying, hey, you know, you know what? That new defensive front looked better. They played better. Remember, everyone and their mother was rushing for the glory against USC before that Oregon game. I mean, even Washington. But like I said, they held a really good Oregon, you know, running game to 140, 141 yards, whatever that number was. That means the adjustment showed progress. Whatever Sean Newen and Brian Odom did in less than a week, it helped. So default, Despite, you know, USC secondary being a Swiss cheese zone instead of a no-fly zone, um, there was a little bit better defense being played. I, I know it doesn't show up statistically, but if you are watching it, you probably saw a little bit better defense. Uh, I saw it. Now, again, since we know Riley should have made this decision back in January, what if he had pulled the trigger after the Notre Dame game this year? USC didn't lose that game because of the defense, and that's probably why he didn't. USC's offense put them in, put USC's defense in really bad situations. With that said, let's say Lincoln Riley pulled the trigger then. I'm actually going to theorize that USC's defense right now, today, would be ranked somewhere in the 90s or in the high 80s <laughs> instead of that instead of that triple digit club and they would have actually probably have beaten utah again usc lost on a walk-off field goal would they have beaten utah i don't know but they would have had enough time to come together by the time washington came to to la I mean, think about it. They essentially had two-plus days of practice, lab work, on the field to prepare for Oregon. And again, I saw a, a discernible difference. Noticeable, especially in the rotation. One of the most notable uh, was Dejon Benton. He suited up. He got a DNP, coach's decision. Did not play. Tyrone Tulaney? 36 snaps. He, he made his presence known. 
He's a bigger guy. You know, he's one of the bigger guys on the team. He's also one of the older, one of the more mature guys. Uh, Bear Alexander, Solomon Bird, they played 59 and 50 snaps on defense, respectively. So they didn't, they weren't rotating as much. They were going with the bigger guys that they had in that locker room who could play on the defensive line. So again, I really liked that four-man front that they showed. And I really liked how they just lined up. <laughs> they weren't shifting before the snap. They were they were just looking to put a helmet on somebody instead of shooting the gaps. They were playing football. And that's why I really think that, you know, had they made the change earlier in the season, they would have a little bit longer to adapt to this. Maybe USC doesn't have four losses right now. And think about in that game against Oregon. They got that fourth and one stop before, you know, Solomon Bird was called lining up in the neutral zone. Go look at, and you know what, on that note, go look at any goal line stand situation in the game, whether it's on the goal line or, you know, fourth and one or less than one, whatever. Everybody's always in a neutral zone infraction, including the offense. Whatever. Look, my point is, these guys were more stout up front. Whatever they were doing differently, now they kind of just have to figure out that linebacker situation. I know certain defensive personnel packages require that extra defensive back. But in this game against UCLA and whatever bowl game they're going to play in, I really would like to see them go to a, a base 4-3 personnel. And I think with that a full week to prepare for the Bruins, I'm looking forward to seeing how much better they look. Uh, with a, with that full week to prepare, and you know, not having to get on an airplane the day before you're going to play a game. USC is opening up as a six and a half point favorite. UCLA is already offensively challenged this year. I'm thinking this could be a decent game for USC's defense to you know, save for the secondary, because um, those guys will. I don't know if they'll ever find the ball or somebody to tackle, but you know, fingers crossed. Fight on. They'll do it one of these games. Maybe it'll be against UCLA. Maybe that'll happen. So we'll see what happens. New defense, a full week to prepare, a little bit of confidence after how they performed at Oregon. They kept fighting. They were never, they kept USC in the game. It's hard to believe. But USC's defense, they performed admirably. So tell me what you think. You know where the comment section is. We spend a lot of time talking together, you and I. We get fired up, talk about the wins. We talk about the losses, who's playing, who's sitting. And I'm glad we're able to do that. Today, I want to, I want to talk to you about something a little bit more personal. I just learned that you can get a one-year supply on your ED medication. You realize what that means, right? Yep. Bring on any extended travel. Bring on the next natural disaster. Bring on any supply chain issue. You're covered. You're covered, my friend, because you don't have to worry about whether you can get a refill for your generic Cialis, Viagra, Rivasio. This is all possible because of your friends over at Jace Medical. You can go online right now, jacemedical.com, and you can receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use code LOCKEDON at checkout, and you're going to get a discount as well. If you or someone you love would like to get peace of mind by having a year's supply of any daily medication, 
Go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code Locked On, and you're going to get $20 off your purchase. The college football season is here, and this season, Locked On is kicking up our coverage. Every Friday from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern, go to Locked On College YouTube channel, and you can get caught up on the college football playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and you're going to go in-depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On College hosts covering their team every day. Find Locked On College Football Live every Friday from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. Beat the Bruins. Got a question. Again, give me the feedback. I'm, In fact, I know this is one you guys are going to want to participate in. Which USC-UCLA game was your favorite? Which was your least favorite? That's right. We're going to be talking USC-UCLA all week. So beat the Bruins. My, I'm going to start with my least favorite so I can get those out of the way. <laughs> um, not exactly a pig farmer, but my least favorite game, USC-UCLA, was probably the John Barnes game. You're saying who? Exactly. He was a walk-on quarterback at UCLA, and he walked on at UCLA because University of California, Santa Barbara, yeah, UCSB, the Gauchos, who had a Division II football program, had to shut it down. No interest. Nobody went to their games. They had bigger crowds for their lacrosse games than they had for their football games. They had bigger crowds for their intramural rugby games than for their football games. His name was John Barnes. He came in, played against USC, and, I don't know, threw for a gazillion yards. UCLA beat USC. It was during the, yeah, never want to hear that, that name again. Anyways, or you know what? If that game wasn't bad enough for you, you could probably pick any one of those games during the eight-game losing streak, but Cade McNown is still a puke face. You know what I'm talking about. Anybody who's been around long enough knows that Cade McPuke face threw up all over the field. That's just it's one of the things he's remembered for that and beating USC four times. The obvious answer is the worst loss ever for USC. Maybe not ever, but the one that sticks out for me, 13-9. That's all. That's all we're going to say. Those are my least favorite games. Let's focus on the positives now. My first favorite game in this rivalry way back in 1977. I was 10 years old. And that's when Frank Jordan kicked the game-winning field goal. I think there's like two seconds left on the clock. USC won 29-27. to 27, And bonus, it kept UCLA out of the Rose Bowl that year. Yeah. UCLA had beaten Washington earlier that season. So by USC beating UCLA, Washington got to step over the Bruins' carcass, and they played in the Rose Bowl. And here's the thing. USC was just kind of okay in 1977. They weren't great. They're kind of like this 2023 team. But you know what? I'm not saying it's going to happen. 
A year later, in 1978, USC was great again. They won the national championship. So maybe history will repeat itself. I'm I'm not hoping for a walk-off field goal type of win. I'd like a, well, I wouldn't mind it, but I don't want that. <laughs> I just want a very nice, comfortable win for USC in this game. They deserve it, right? My personal favorite, and not just because of the 27-0 shutout that happened in 2001. That was Pete Carroll's first year. 27-0 was great. But what helped USC get that shutout was that Antoine Simmons pick six. Yeah, he won five hole. You remember. Brian Poley Dixon thought the play was over. He's kind of just like looking around. All of a sudden, Antoine Simmons, he's, he's high-stepping it into the end zone, strutting it. It was great. And the reason why that's my personal favorite is because that young man, he almost died on the operating table. He had a stomach tumor removed, and things weren't going great during the procedure. So you think about everything that he went through personally, and he came back, got himself back in a football shape, back on the football field, and that was what he got to uh, make his, the highlight of his career, I would imagine. What about that 50-0 to zero win? That was pretty cool. <laughs> Anytime you shut out the Bruins, that's a pretty cool day. And when it's 50 to nothing, that's an extremely awesome day. USC wasn't able to go to a bowl game that season, though. That was 2011. They were in sanctions. Remember the whole, yeah, you know what was going on. There. What's so funny is the week of that game, UCLA's head coach, Skippy Neuheisel, Rick Neuheisel, he said that, uh, he felt the program had closed the gap between them and USC. Oh, man. Ouch. Want to get away? So Matt Barkley, the Trojans, they led, it was like 50 to nothing. There was still almost 10 minutes left in that game when it was 50 to nothing. That's when they took the foot off the gas. And you know what made that game, that win, even more enjoyable? Again, USC couldn't go to a bowl game. So they couldn't play in the conference championship game. That means UCLA had to represent the South Division. They were going to play in the conference championship game with a 6-6 six and six record. <laughs> they lost that game. Then they had to go play in a bowl game against Illinois with a 6-7 and seven record. They lost that bowl game. They finished the season 6-8. and eight. It was a good year. Maybe not a great. It was a good year for USC. They finished, what, 10 and 2, but they couldn't, you know, they they were still under sanction. So 2012 was the unfinished business season, and we know how that went. Moving forward, how about uh, 66 to 19? That was a pretty good score, right? 2005. Complete and total domination. In 2005, USC's offense was what this offense in 2023 was supposed to do. Whatever they wanted. When, whenever they wanted. How they wanted. In that game against UCLA, they did. Reggie Bush, he went nutso. I mean, 260 yards running. 260 yards rushing the ball for Reggie Bush alone. Lendale White, he only ran the ball 14 times. However. In those 14 carries, 
about a buck 50, 154 yards, two touchdowns. The Trojans in that game, they led 24 nothing, and at one point it was 59 to six in the fourth quarter. <laughs> yes. Yeah, baby. Beat the Bruins. In that game, USC's offense put up 679 yards. Their defense, they held UCLA to 275 yards total offense. I mentioned USC knew they could do whatever they wanted, when they wanted. They knew they wanted to run the football that day. I told you those numbers. Reggie Bush, 260. Lendell White, 154. 430 yards. Do the math. Break out your calculators. That's over eight yards per carry. Lincoln Riley. Just sending a message to you now. If your offense is running for five yards a carry or more against the Bruins, who have a good defense, keep doing it. You stop doing it when you had 100 yards in the first quarter against Utah, who had a really good run defense. Just, just saying. That's all. Just saying. Another reason why uh, that 66-19 to 19 game probably sits at number one for me. It was USC's 34th straight win in a row for that team. Well, not for that specific team, but USC as a team had won 34 games in a row with a 66 to 19 butt whooping over UCLA. And because that was their last win before uh, USC's defense lost their containment on the edge against Vince Gurney was down young. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business, and you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified accounts available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster, and they're going to do it for free. And as easy as it is to use LinkedIn to find a job, it's also just as easy to create a job listing. And once you've done that, you take that purple hashtag hiring frame and you attach it to your own LinkedIn profile, and that's going to spread the word that you're hiring. LinkedIn provides you simple tools like screening questions, and that's going to make it really easy for you to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experiences so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to hire and not just interview. Recruiting the right person for your team means a better product. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering the quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com forward slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com forward slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. What's happened to this rivalry between USC and UCLA? We're going to be talking about this all week long. So just kind of relax, sit back in the chair, whatever, grab your adult beverage. Let's enjoy this together. This used to be a game that everyone looked forward to. 
And now it just kind of feels like another game. It's weird. I, I think it probably has something to do, mostly to do with neither team has had any type of sustained success lately. Or in UCLA's case, ever. I'm kidding. You know what I mean. I mean, they've had little brief windows, little pockets where it looks like, ooh, UCLA is coming up. That doesn't happen. Bob Toledo was really their best chance of going westward ho. No, didn't happen. I mean, they had, again, they had some nice years, you know, with Harry Donahue. You had Dick Vermeil before that. It's just, they've just never been able to put it together. Even during that eight-game streak, it's just UCLA. UCLA uses the football season to keep the seats at Poly Pavilion nice and shiny for basketball season. That's all. That's all football season's around for for them. That and to beat USC. That is their season. Period. Now, this game coming up. You've got USC's offense versus UCLA's defense. What? Look, I know the world is upside down, but the fact that we are talking about UCLA having a great defense, that's weird. But I understand why USC's defense has kind of blown Cade McNowns all over the place all season. But why is offensive guru... Why is Chip Kelly putting out such a putrid offense this year? I, I think most people are anticipating a very ugly game between these two squads. And it probably will be. I'm not sure what to expect. UCLA has, well, they're not sure who they're playing a quarterback right now. But that really, I don't think that's going to matter who they play a quarterback if you're going up against USC secondary, especially this year. So if it's Curtis Schley or if Dante Moore is healthy enough to play or whomever they line up behind their center, they'll probably have a good game against USC secondary. Hopefully they don't, but history says this year you will, even a pig farmer. I know we're, we're going to kick that horse until it's dead. Anywho, um, I know that USC can run on anyone. Offensively, they can run on anybody when they want to. That's, you know, will Lincoln Riley want to, I guess, is the question. And if he wants to keep Caleb Williams healthy, upright, clean, he he should. I, I mentioned USC was able to run against Utah when they, until they stopped. UCLA's got a really good run defense, too. I think they're giving up like 70 yards per game. Go get that in the first quarter, and then do that again in the second quarter, in the third and the fourth. Four times 70 is 280 yards. That's a good day on the ground. You can do it, USC. And look, I'm I'm saying running the ball would probably be a good game, a good way to protect Caleb Williams, protect your offensive line. I'm just saying this would be a really good game for those guys to have their best pass protection game of the season. You see these guys, they can get after the quarterback. Now, what would really be great is if Riley calls the offensive plays in a timely manner. 
you know, because that way I can actually see USC scoring and moving the ball easily, frequently. But if Lincoln Riley is going to continue to look for the perfect play call and allow the play clock to drain to five seconds or less every time they before they snap the ball, every time, you're giving the advantage right back to UCLA. You can't do that. Stop doing that. Please. Look, I trust USC's offense. I'm hoping the new look defense takes a baby step forward in the secondary. So because of that, because I know USC's offense will produce and I don't have confidence yet, a lot of confidence in the new USC defense, I can see a high-scoring game. And I also trust Chip Kelly more than, again, this comes back to USC's defense. And it hurts me to say that. So take my pain away, USC defense. Step up. Do the job. Make this a fun game for USC fans. Let's send USC out of the regular season on a winning note, 8-4. and four. Look forward to that bye week. Maybe some more good news about a new defensive coordinator. Some names are starting to surface. We'll get into that during this week as well. We're already at the end of the show, so I'm not going to start speculating and, and leading you in. But stay tuned this week. We'll start talking about it. And we're going to continue to talk about USC-UCLA. So until that next episode of Locked on USC, which will be coming at you tomorrow, because we come at you five times a week, everyone. You know what to do. 